Welcome to the Compassionate Educators Show for teachers who desire to change lives without self-sacrifice. Let's dig deep together into the skill set, mindset, and best practices you and your students need to thrive in today's schools. Now your host, Marie Cooney. Hello and welcome back, Compassionate Educators. So right now we are still in the midst of school closings and the global pandemic. However, I want to take this time to really use it as an opportunity for reflection. Day in and day out, I have been considering what schools can look like. What would be our ultimate desire and wish for when we return to schools of how that can be for students and for staff and for our families? So I really want to consider that this can be an opportunity to look at what changes can be made, what we can do differently when we return to schools to make it better for everyone. Because the way that it was working was not working. Let's be honest here together right now because it just has not been working and it hasn't been for a very, very long time. Anxiety, depression are on the rise for both students and staff nationwide, globally in fact, and it's not a healthy system to be in when all is said and done. So what can we do differently when we return? And I have been pondering this question, like I said, every day and thinking about how it can look. And I really want to invite you to go down this this road with me, go down this path and take the journey to explore what would your ideal vision of your classroom, of your school, of your community look like. I posed the question in the Compassionate Educators Facebook group about what is your biggest wish and hope for how schools would function based on this time away. And I had several really great responses. So Evelyn, first of all, says that she would like to see a reduction on student-teacher ratio, which I think we can pretty much all agree with. Nina said that she would like more respect for teachers' personal time. Yes, I hear lots of (laughs) you saying yes to that. More developmentally appropriate expectations. More access to educational materials. Yes, absolutely. Increasing teacher salary. Yes. Less testing. And more emphasis on developing social and emotional skills. Absolutely, Nina. And Frederic says that her wish is that we recognize how much children want to learn when allowed to follow their interests. She says, I hope that we will hold onto the value of outside time and limiting time with worksheets. There are so many educational gifts happening through this pandemic, and my wish is that we incorporate these into traditional schools when we return. Yes, I completely agree with that, Frederic. And then Elaine says her wish is that we will let go of stressful and punitive grading practices and allow for more practices that include grace and learning mastery where intrinsic value is encouraged. Absolutely. So those are some wishes within the Compassionate Educators Facebook group. So thank you for sharing that. 
um, Evelyn, Nina, Frederic, and Elaine. And I know that there are many more of you who have these hopes and desires of what you want school to be and to look like when we return. So I absolutely invite you to share that with me. Uh, get in touch with me and I'd love to hear what your ideas are as well. So along this topic, I, like I said, I've been thinking about this a lot. And just this morning, I checked my LinkedIn and there was a share from uh, one of my connections who shared a video by Matt uh, Dewar. And I was not familiar with Matt, but I'm so, so glad that I found his video and I would love to connect with him. So, uh, so that is my next goal. I would love to have him on this show because he is a well-being coordinator at Lake Forest High School. He is also an author and keynote speaker and his message speaks so clearly to also what my mission is for compassionate educators. So within this video, he posed the question of, what would education be like if a student's need to be happy and to be well was taken as seriously as their future employment? Oh my goodness. And that just struck my heart. And this is, you know, I just wanted to shout hallelujah from the rooftop because this is exactly what I am doing here. This is my passion and my purpose to truly, truly just shine a light on this need, this need for students' health and happiness to be taken as seriously as we take math and reading because it is just as important. And I want to say, to be perfectly <laughs> um, authentic, I want to say even more so. And you might not agree with that, and that's okay. <laughs> but I believe that if a student's true well-being in all capacities, their mental health, their physical health, their emotional well-being, if all of those needs are put at the forefront, can you imagine what it might be like for our students and for our educational system? If that truly was a priority, I am willing to bet that the instances of school violence would be significantly lower. I imagine that the rate of student anxiety and depression, as well as staff anxiety and depression, would significantly drop. If we put, and I'm going to include staff well-being in here, along with students, because again, it's just as important. If we are putting staff well-being at the forefront, they're going to model that for their students. So then we are fully and holistically supporting a school culture that takes the humanness of every person within that community so seriously that learning is going to become just a natural next step. It's not going to have to be forced. 
We will not need to coerce students into learning and engaging because they are going to feel valued. They are going to feel taken care of. Their basic needs are going to be addressed. So they're going to naturally want to explore and learn and be curious. That is human nature. If we just go back to the basics at this time and consider what is essential for a human being to thrive, then so much else is going to naturally fall into place. But for so many years, and actually maybe really not ever in our traditional sense of the educational system, we've never really addressed that for our students. We've never really taken into account the pure, basic, physical, psychological needs that students have. And instead, we force memorization. Instead, we force them to value the same things that policymakers and that textbook writers value. That's not fair to them. That's not fair at all. And if we consider that a lot of what students are learning is so outdated and that they have so much that they can actually bring to the table, and that if we allow our students to be fully present and share their own knowledge, their own purpose, their own passions, how much better off everybody is going to be. And sometimes we think as adults that we have all the answers and that we need to force feed our students all of the knowledge that we have obtained, all of the knowledge from, you know, others that came before us. And that somehow that's the answer. That's the key. That's the solution to building countries of, you know, um, well-rounded citizens who are going to make an impact, I think that I think that we're doing something backwards here. I think that children actually are here for a bigger purpose than to be force-fed information that came from the past. And yes, while it is very important to know our history, and I'm a big fan of exploring that, it's not the only essential item that students need. Students need to be heard and seen. They need, as Matt Duar said, they need to have their happiness and their well-being prioritized, right? They need that to be taken as seriously as their future employment because the truth is, is that we don't even know what the future holds. We don't even know what tomorrow holds. And while it may feel really scary to some people, to me, that just is incredibly freeing. Because if we don't know what tomorrow holds, then we can create that future for ourselves. If we don't know what it's going to look like when we get back into the classroom, then guess what? We have an opportunity to prepare right now for what we want that to look like. What is our hope? What is our desire? As educators, and especially as compassionate educators, how can we bring that 
into the classrooms. How can we do that for our students? How can we embrace them in a holistic way when they return? And if you hear me getting excited about this, I am. I truly am so excited about the potential that we have right now in this moment because we can recreate. And I hear from so many teachers that they have administrators and other leadership telling them that they have to do things a certain way. And, you know, right now they're expected to take what they were doing in their classroom, bring that all online and for it to look the same, for assessments to look the same, for instruction to be the same. And there's even administrators who are going in and evaluating teacher effectiveness while online in this epidemic. And I'm sorry, but that, again, it's just backwards. Let's let that go. And I know, I know, I know it can be so scary to let it go. You know, we like to hold on to what we know. We like to hold on to what is familiar because that just biologically makes us feel safe. But right now, it's not helpful. What is helpful is looking at what can increase health and happiness, both for students and for educators. And if we can start to ask that question, then the answers will begin to appear. And it's okay to feel some sense of discomfort during this time. And I know that some families are dealing with big crises right now, financial crises, health crises, and we need to acknowledge that and we need to help them. And that is also a priority right now. But when we consider within just the world of education, what do we need? We need to look at how can we bring together a community that is going to truly support our students and our staff in just being well, addressing our basic needs first and foremost, and giving that a priority. Math and reading, science and history, and all of the other subjects that are within our schools, yes, are so valuable, are so wonderful, but Let's take a moment to be real and to really examine and explore what should be a priority, right? What is at the foundation that is going to allow our students to truly, truly be able to engage, to be curious, to learn? And in order to do that with any subject, with any topic, with whatever we are teaching them, their health their well-being, their joy, their intrinsic value and worthiness needs to be met first. I invite you to explore how that might look within your school, to really, really dream about what your classroom could look like, to think about how our communities can set up this new future in a way that is going to be Supportive of the needs of both staff and students, the needs to address basic human principles of being healthy, of being well, of being happy. 
We will not need to coerce students into learning and engaging because they are going to feel valued. They are going to feel taken care of. Their basic needs are going to be addressed. So they're going to naturally want to explore and learn and be curious. That is human nature. If we just go back to the basics at this time and consider what is essential for a human being to thrive, then so much else is going to naturally fall into place. But for so many years, and actually maybe really not ever in our traditional sense of the educational system, we've never really addressed that for our students. We've never really taken into account the pure, basic, physical, psychological needs that students have. And instead, we force memorization. Instead, we force them to value the same things that policymakers and that textbook writers value. That's not fair to them. That's not fair at all. And if we consider that a lot of what students are learning is so outdated and that they have so much that they can actually bring to the table, and that if we allow our students to be fully present and share their own knowledge, their own purpose, their own passions, how much better off everybody is going to be. And sometimes we think as adults that we have all the answers and that we need to force feed our students all of the knowledge that we have obtained, all of the knowledge from, you know, others that came before us, and that somehow that's the answer, that's the key, that's the solution to building countries of, you know, um, well-rounded citizens who are going to make an impact, I think that, I think that we're doing something backwards here. I think that children actually are here for a bigger purpose than to be force-fed information that came from the past. And yes, while it is very important to know our history, and I'm a big fan of exploring that, it's not the only essential item that students need. Students need to be heard and seen. They need, as Matt Duar said, they need to have their happiness and their well-being prioritized, right? They need that to be taken as seriously as their future employment because the truth is, is that we don't even know what the future holds. We don't even know what tomorrow holds. And while it may feel really scary to some people, to me, that just is incredibly freeing because if we don't know what tomorrow holds, then we can create that future for ourselves. If we don't know what it's going to look like when we get back into the classroom, then guess what? We have an opportunity to prepare right now for what we want that to look like. What is our hope? What is our desire? As educators, and especially as compassionate educators, how can we bring that 
into their classrooms? How can we do that for our students? How can we embrace them in a holistic way when they return? And if you hear me getting excited about this, I am. I truly am so excited about the potential that we have right now in this moment because we can recreate. And I hear from so many teachers that they have administrators and other leadership telling them that they have to do things a certain way. And, you know, right now they're expected to take what they were doing in their classroom, bring that all online and for it to look the same, for assessments to look the same, for instruction to be the same. And there's even administrators who are going in and evaluating teacher effectiveness while online in this epidemic. And I'm sorry, but that, again, it's just backwards. Let's let that go. And I know, I know, I know it can be so scary to let it go. You know, we like to hold on to what we know. We like to hold on to what is familiar because that just biologically makes us feel safe. But right now, it's not helpful. What is helpful is looking at what can increase health and happiness, both for students and for educators. And if we can start to ask that question, then the answers will begin to appear. And it's okay to feel some sense of discomfort during this time. And I know that some families are dealing with big crises right now, financial crises, health crises, and we need to acknowledge that and we need to help them. And that is also a priority right now. But when we consider within just the world of education, what do we need? We need to look at how can we bring together a community that is going to truly support our students and our staff in just being well, addressing our basic needs first and foremost, and giving that a priority. Math and reading, science and history, and all of the other subjects that are within our schools, yes, are so valuable, are so wonderful. But Let's take a moment to be real and to really examine and explore what should be a priority, right? What is at the foundation that is going to allow our students to truly, truly be able to engage, to be curious, to learn? And in order to do that with any subject, with any topic, with whatever we are teaching them, their health their well-being, their joy, their intrinsic value and worthiness needs to be met first. I invite you to explore how that might look within your school, to really, really dream about what your classroom could look like, to think about how our communities can set up this new future in a way that is going to be supportive of the needs of both staff and students, the needs to address just basic human principles of being healthy, of being well, 
of being happy. This is truly a time for reflection and for thinking about all of these different things that we talked about today. There has never been a better time in our lives to truly reflect on this and to be able to take action to make some changes that are absolutely necessary and critical for when we return to schools. So I would love to hear what your ideas, what your thoughts are. You can always send me a message at support at compassionateeducators.com. And as always, I invite you to be a part of the Compassionate Educators Facebook community. I would love to have you there to come explore, to share, to build community together. And if you are interested in learning more about how to incorporate social emotional learning into your classroom and also getting support for yourself and how to transition back once we do reopen the doors of our schools, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to get on a phone call with you and discuss how to really personalize that. Again, you can contact me support at compassionateeducators.com. Until next time, be well.